Open up that mailbag, friends. It's a Friday. We're going to get into it hot and heavy, wet and wild. Trade deadline, Doug, as we talk about James Harden. Officially pump the brakes. He's not going anywhere just yet. We'll also take a look at some of the speculation around Joe Harris's value, improving this roster, and all the mechanics that go into trying to bring in talent while, from some fans' perspectives, giving up very little. Yeah, and Adam comes up with a new motto that the rest of us can live our life by. It's incredibly simple, and it applies to a lot of different situations. We're going to get into it all, but first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am Adam Armbrecht. He is Doug Norrie. This is Mailbag Friday, my friend. How are we, sir, Doug? And in spite of the losing, but it's always good to get in there and chop it up with some of the fans across social media. Yeah, we got some good questions uh, today, so I'm excited about some of this stuff. It's a you know Nets off day here for a little bit. Hopefully, they're able to regroup, regather before this road trip, but uh Got some interesting stuff to cover here. There's plenty to talk about. There's no um, Nets fans deep in the trade bag today, trade machine bag. So we'll <laughs> we'll go through some things that are realistic and unrealistic. But overall, wish they had pulled these last two games out, but not hitting the panic button quite yet, although maybe closer than I wanted to be. Well, and as we uh, thank everybody for making us your first listen, free on all those great platforms, do it wherever you get it. We're there for you. Um yeah, like the game last night just quickly is so that's a- gonna be my new theme. My new theme is do it wherever you get it. Uh from now on. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's just kind of that feels like a motto you can live by. Um and it by the of, way, I I I want to say it applies to most situations too. Do it wherever you can get it. So and it's my motto. <laughs> so for, and it's my motto for the deuce deuce. Uh, it's a, a new year and new proclamations. The the game last night is so tricky because you watch it and you go in with no expectations, obviously no Harden yep. and Kyrie's not there and Kevin Durant's hurt and all this stuff and no clacks and everything else. And then, but then the second that it like, it's a game, you're like, oh, maybe they can do it. And you just, yeah. now you start to like, now you're actually upset that they don't get the win when at the, at the beginning of it, you're like, it doesn't matter. They're, they're kicking this one down the road. Let's just move on. Oh yeah. If you listen to the tail end of the podcast yesterday, I was just like, go, went through all the little <laughs> things that went wrong at the end of the game where they should have won. And I'm like, I never thought I was going to be in that spot when I saw the starting lineup and I saw the odds were like Denver minus nine by the time it tipped because everyone was sitting out and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, right. Like they could have won had they just hit a couple free throws and made a layup or two and, you know, hit a wide open three and they probably still wouldn't have, but yeah. Okay. Let's get into some of these questions. Let's- Right. And here's the deal, guys. Uh, we're going to dive in a little bit here on the James Harden market. It's a deadline approaching February 10th coming up here. The short term, Doug, is calm yourselves down because the Nets officially came out and said, we will not be listening to any trade offers on one James Harden right now. Yeah, I think like I think that was pretty. You know, like Woj. Yeah, right now, that's the that's kind of the that's kind of the operative term there. In um, this moment, <laughs> look, we kind of all know who does the reporting around GMs and players and stuff like that between Woj and Jams and these guys. Those are the big ones, and you have a couple other. Um, I wouldn't call them mouthpieces because they're they're doing real reporting, but you know, t- certain guys tend to tend to drop different pieces of information from sources you can tell where they're coming from. This one comes from Woj. Now, I will say. 
I'm not, I mean, there's no world where they were going to trade him this trade deadline. So like, no. I, that's not surprising even in the slightest. Um, I, you can't be, look at that shock, but I don't think that's where Nets fans were, were, were worried more. I think it was more around, is he going to be a net for life or yeah. effectively for life? Right. Like, or, okay. Let me put it this way. Is he going to be a net for the life cycle of the Kevin Durant contract? Cause that's like, that's, will he that's die life. in Barclays? That's what we wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, no. Like, I think it's like, cause right now all Nets timelines are around the Kevin Durant deal right yeah. like that's that's the nets window here as long as kevin durant's a net they have they have the window the championship window is open for business this to me didn't throw cold didn't throw any cold water on the he's gonna be like they could do something in the offseason i still don't i feel i still think that's very much in doubt here i think i think that this rest of the season is going to be incredibly instructive on what happens with him they win the championship i think he's here forever like i i think that that's it they don't. They flame out early. Things go wrong. I, there's like there's a there's way too many variables for the Nets right now around this because there's personality pieces around who is not who and who is and is not playing. There's they they cannot get over the injury bug. Like it's unbelievable the luck they've had with this at this point. Um, so many and bugs. so when you com- when you combine all these things together, I think there's a w- world where you go into this offseason where there's like the situation doesn't look as inviting as it maybe once did. And so I think that there's probably reason for a little concern long-term, but for now you can't be surprised at all that they're not going to trade him at this deadline, which is what, like 13 days away. So yeah, I don't think that's surprising at all, but it's what I read that I didn't, my nerves weren't quelled at all about what the long-term kind of future for him is. Cause I still think that's very much up in the air. Yeah, well, because you said, I, I agree with you. In the short term, I, I didn't anticipate some blockbuster trade where James Harden gets moved ahead of the deadline this year. Right. But when it comes to the offseason, the way you framed it, right? So there, there's two ways that this goes. The injury bugs keep affecting them, and they go out early in the playoffs because somebody is not available, whatever the case may be. And that has Harden take a step back and say, well, now this is two years where this hasn't quite worked out. Maybe I'd be better off trying this somewhere else, some other combination of players. The other version of it is where they get back 100% healthy and they still come up short and yeah. James Harden takes a look at it and says, okay, we, we did get a chance to see this in the playoffs and we still didn't get there. I, I think you're probably right. It's like win the championship, everybody's healthy, you sign long-term, you live with the results because you achieved it and in theory you think you can duplicate it. But anything short of that, I think that it's reasonable to say Harden's at least going to look around and think, what other versions of this could be good for whatever the speculation is. What's the state of things when it comes to Kyrie? Like that's another factor too, in all this as well. So I think you're probably right. It's a somewhat small and very defined outcome that, that would have me go into the off season saying Harden's back. Don't worry about it. Anything else to that? And by the way, two way street, I think the nets would take a step back from that, especially if everyone was healthy and they came up short, that would give the nets as much pause around it too, because maybe it's just, Hey, do we need to reconfigure around Kevin Durant to make ourselves a, a more dominant force against specific matchups in the East? Let's say, even if they came up that short shy of getting to the finals. I do also think, and we'll get into that. We have a few more questions here. This first one was just around like, you know, gen, general, you know, Harden's long-term future, short-term and long-term future with the team. You know, there's, I, I don't think, I think there's some world too, where the, the I, it's, this isn't all on Harden, by the way. I think there's some world where the Nets get to the end of this season and say, and they can make some kind of evaluation depending on how the rest of this goes to say, like, cause I think the max that Harden can do is like, he opts into like, he opts into 22, 23, and then he could add four more years on top of it. And now you're looking at 
And now you're looking at something like, you know, $270 million over five years for Harden, who there's like some world where that age curve looks way worse at the, at the very end of it. Like, I, I think there's some calculus the Nets would do around that. I still think you probably do it because like there's so few James Harden's in the world. And I just think at some point contracts with these dudes look bad at the end, but that's just the price you pay for having them at the beginning. But I'm not a hundred percent sure the nets are like a hundred percent sure on it either. Right. And so like, I think there's like, that's never, that's never reported and it probably won't be, but I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't part of their thinking is like, I don't know. It's hard. I'm, I'm totally speculating here, but I, I just don't think it's only a hardened choice, I guess is the way I'm trying to put it. No, no, because no, that's what, yeah, hundred percent. I think it's on the net side too. Obviously one goes through that filter of Kevin Durant. He feels good about it. You bring him back and you ride forward. That's obviously that, that, that that's the go without saying, but we always say it. The other, that's the other piece though. And whether or not you want to look at, you know, Cam Thomas, Kessler Edwards, Dayron Sharp, or future draft picks, or what these assets can become or where the cap room can be spent. If you don't bring back James Harden on another deal, You'd be doing yourself a disservice if you're Sean Marks in the Nets to say, is James Harden at 33, 35, 34, 35, 36, the best option relative to what else we could accomplish? Because you've made the great point with consistency. Everybody wants to play with Kevin Durant. So there's no world where if you have $40 million of cap room to spend, that there isn't someone out there that you can, that you can pay that money to. So that's probably the other factor too. And we won't get those answers uh, <laughs> until we find ourselves in the offseason, most likely. Let's get into some of these other trade speculations right after we talk about Bet Online. Oh, Bet Online. That's still odds on favorite over at Bet Online to win the NBA championship, though. It's getting a little tighter than it was at the beginning of the season, for sure. Look, Bet Online's on top of this stuff. They know that the uh, current form of the Brooklyn Nets isn't exactly what they walked into the season with. And they also want to wish you a happy betting New Year's. We continue. Through the NFL playoffs, head into the NBA All-Star break and beyond. And bet online, the number one spot for all of your sports wagering action for 2022 and beyond. It's a new year. They have a new updated desktop and mobile website. You sign up today. You can do that totally for free. It's super easy. You're going to get in there right away, though, and you're going to want to make a deposit. Grab a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. But you have to use the promo code Locked On. That's like our podcast network. That will get you started. Football. Check basketball, check hockey, check boxing, check UFC, and sprinkle in some Vegas casino games as well. Don't t- don't wait to take advantage. All the amazing offers Bet Online has for you in 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, if we move on from from the James Harden piece of it, revisit that in the off season after the Nets have won a championship, obviously. Uh, the other piece, though, then is with the trade deadline on February 10th, it yep. was 13 days away, that window is starting to close. And you can still look at this roster right now and say, are there things that you would like to do to improve this team? There's a couple of pieces that maybe stand that roadblock. Some fans, and you had one from uh, Jake over on Twitter, which yep. was couched around Joe Harris and the possibility of utilizing him in a trade. However as is the theme with the Brooklyn Nets, injuries play a role in what they could accomplish, even if they wanted to go down that road. Yeah, so I think this is a weird situation with Harris. I don't think there's, I don't, I think it would have been reported that they had like entered, they had fielded a call or two on him. And um, so I think that there's, you know, look, everyone's on the table, right? Like everyone is, everyone's tradable basically, like for some price, maybe outside of Kevin Durant, right? Um, Because you'll never get true value back for them, but, you have to entertain most ideas around this stuff. The problem with Harris right now is one, 
And it's funny because his contract sometimes is what you kind of need to get into if you wanted to bring in some other bigger piece. Like his money actually becomes pretty important because Nets have really big time salary matching problems outside of their TPEs. I just don't think there's it's going to be so hard to trade him even if they want. Let me put it this way. Even if they wanted to, which I don't think they do, even if they wanted to, the setback on the foot, the ankle injury, I think makes it totally impossible anyway, like because he's not healthy trading unhealthy guys to teams that will probably want to use him to contend or whatever. Um, even if that's was the market for him, like you'd have to have, there has to be so much trust. Cause he's just not playing. This is the miles Turner problem in the, in the Indiana. It's the same exact thing. It's like, yeah, miles Turner's not a bad trade asset. He's just totally hurt right now. And he's going to be hurt through the trade deadline. And if you, and if you can't trust the medicals or you're just not sure it just automatically lowers the value because there's just automatically a risk attached to it that wasn't there before if you're just out on the court healthy. So I hate to throw cold water on every Harris trade possibility here because there are scenarios where it does happen, but I think the likelihood of it happening now is diminished so much just because he's, we just know the report is he's not coming back till after the trade deadline, which is already two weeks after the, excuse me, after the NBA All-Star break, which is two weeks after the trade deadline. So I just don't well, think... I just don't think it's going to happen. So that's my boring but true version of the Harris thing is I think he's just going to be a net in some ways because they don't want to trade him, but other ways because he's just a victim of circumstance around the, around the injury here. Well, the first thing on, on the setback with the injury, I'm just going to, I already had this thought when it happened and we, we know we've joked about just the idea of the way it was described. Got to get in there and take a little piece of bone out, just floating around. Don't worry about it. Now you suffer a setback. Like I'm not putting, you did this uh, the other day with right percentage chance. It's it's not it's farther from zero than it used to be that the Nets could have an issue around the playoffs, right? And we walk we would walk through all that. Good episode, go check it out. It's farther from zero percent chance that Joe Harris doesn't play this season. Like I yeah. think once you start hearing setbacks around injuries, he's going. I think it's to Indiana for a second opinion. There's some world where that's additional surgery. Have to go back in and take a look at something like it. This just has that vibe of yeah, you know, it was supposed to be. Suffered injury early, couldn't quite get there. Dun, dun, dun. You know what? It wasn't worth it to bring him back and risk whatever it was going to look like and get him ramped back up for the playoffs. That's the first piece of it. The other side of it is from the from the trade standpoint, there's two factors to me. First, internally, when you see the way Kessler Edwards has come along, I think we we've agreed he's the rookie that has real staying power in the starting lineup. That's not a one-to-one replacement of Joe Harris, but in conjunction with what Patty Mills has been giving you, you start to look and see. Well, now we have another guy that can knock down perimeter shots in Patty Mills, and now we also have the 3 and D wing that we lost with the absence of Jeff Green. All of a sudden, you can start to get to a place where if you show me a better value to make this team more complete and balanced on both ends, yes, I could theoretically move off of Joe Harris. The only thing I disagree with you as far as doing that is the one, the one scenario where you can accomplish it is when you're bringing in the third team, the you know the, the Houston Rockets of the world, because you're only dumping the $17 million onto their lap to facilitate something else with another team. So I think there is still a way the Nets could move the money. To your point, do I think it's realistic? No, I think the Nets' best case scenario, preferred scenario, would be for Harris to get healthy and be a part yeah. of what they want to accomplish. But if, if one of these bigger names, higher price tag guys, was an option for the Nets, that's still a way that they could accomplish it is dumping his salary somewhere else to be able to take on another one. 
Yeah, because they're so close to the tax apron here that like this is the other problem with a lot of these trade scenarios is they can't really like all the money has to be like totally one for one coming out. Like they cannot take on another dollar. I mean, it's like I think they can, but it's so close. And so um, because they push up against the apron and like let me paint this. They, this. This is not a real thing. Don't take don't put any stock in it, whatever. But just because I've been in the trade machines and seen the numbers, let's say you're looking at a guy like John Collins who said he wants out of Atlanta, right? The way that you facilitate it is to say, Atlanta, you're taking back a, a Bruce Brown 4.7, a Millsap at 2.6. We're dumping 17 million of Joe Harris's contract on Houston, and we're taking back in the 20 to 23 million of John Collins. That's the way the Nets get enough of that money off to make it happen. Now, what what is the picks and everything else involved to make Atlanta say they want to do that? That's the other piece of it too, the the two to dance. But that's the world where a 20. $22 million price tag is doable for the Brooklyn Nets because they have a few extra contracts, Millsap, Brown, and then even Javon Carter's 3.6 that you can create another, you know, eight to $12 million that you can shift off the books. It's doable. And again, you still need a team that has a player that you want, that wants to, and all that other junk. And you have to send out every pick that you have, by the way, for Houston to, or any team to want to take on Joe Harris's contract and to get the player that you desire. All right, throw up that other one because actually those guys that you just mentioned at the end there um, are relevant to this other one that was that was posed to us. There was one that was posed to us on Twitter, and I'm actually going to combine it with one that I heard on another podcast, but they're part of the same framework. So, um, yeah. and, they, and they go with those guys that you just mentioned. So this is trade options uh, with Portland, our boy Hassan, who's a frequent flyer, of, going back to last season really with us. So I was glad that he got after us over on Twitter, and he, he basically posed throughout the idea of getting Nurkic into the Brooklyn Nets by way of sending out Bruce Brown, Paul Millsap, and maybe it was Javon Carter as well because the numbers all add up. But that is not always the simplest process of saying, well, we gave you the numbers, like the, the dollars match up, so we'd love to have Nur uh, Nurkic walk through that scenario and probably why it becomes a little bit uh, hairy, let's call it that. Okay, so Nurkic is an expiring here. He's been he's been mentioned in a lot of different trade scenarios. You ha you have to think Portland's are sellers at this point. I'm just like yep. trying to set up the, some of the framework here. So like Portland right now is in the play playing game. They the, the status of Dame is like totally unknown with the abdominal injury. They just lost Nasir Little for the year. Like they're having all kinds of issues, right? And they have Nurkic. They'd be they'd be crazy to not trade Nurkic at this point on the expiring if they could get something for him. Covington too, by the way. And, and um, Nurkic like is just above the TPE exemption for the Nets to right. set that up as well. So you have to think, unless like they took insanity pills, these guys are getting traded off the team um, before the end of the year. I don't. It's weird because the Nets are now like it, to bring in a guy like Nurkic, like they're and not sent. And I guess Claxton went out with that deal, right? The Claxton go out with that deal or no? He didn't list him in there, which I think would be one of the pieces any team would also say. Is, I'll take. You probably young have guy. to. <laughs> you probably have to get some like for a guy yeah. of like Nurkic's like quality. You think that they're probably at least asking for Claxton back. I don't think it's just like a straight one for one money take because right. or, or like you throw have to throw a pick or at least a pick or maybe a first in. Um, and then all of a sudden you are still creating something of a log jam at these center minutes, which we've talked about. Like you just can't play these guys together. So I would be disinclined to do this deal for the Nets. Um, I don't think they would do it for the players non-Claxton that were that were mentioned here. And all and also one more thing, Bruce Brown can actually block any trade yeah. um, this year because he just signed the he just signed um, the extent not the extension he just signed in the offseason. so he can actually block a trade from anybody now whether he would do that or not I, i'm not really sure but he has he can he can say no i don't want to be traded like he has something uh in his in just the rules say because of the where when he signed he can block it the other one that goes along with hassan's which is like maybe somewhat somewhat more realistic 
had to do with was mentioned on Hollinger and Duncan the other day, and it was basically the same package: Brown, Claxton, Millsap, and um, Bruce Brown, Cla- oh, and Javon Carter, Carter for Larry Nance. And that one I find to be slightly more, not more interesting, more palatable um, from a Nets perspective because Nance at least has a little bit more versatility around switching schemes. And if you're sending that uh, Nance out, excuse me, if you're sending Claxton out. Nance is like a little bit more of a comp for like what um for what he does to you. Nance has uh 11 million and then I'm rounding it. Like it's like 10 10.7 and then 9.7 left on next year. So I think the contract's like totally reasonable. He's been completely injured too, so like that fits a nice little theme for the Nets where just guys are always injured. Um that one I find to be more in the realm of like possible slash could help the Nets. But again, you have the same problem. It's like the Harris thing. It's like, how healthy is he? You're not really sure. So I, I will take Hassan's thing. I'll take this idea from, you know, another podcast and they, these things that are put together. Like, what do you think about that one? Like replacing the Nurkic with Nance in that scenario? I, I don't mind it. I think, again, it's probably the injury piece that kind of bothers you. And, and to your point, it's like the Nurkic one in theory, well, it makes you a better rebounding team. It gives you a little bit of size, but you're not playing it with anybody else. He doesn't have any perimeter game, which is something you probably want to add in one of these pieces. Not that Larry Nance is, is that guy either, but Larry Nance's price as far as players or assets is, is going to be lower than Nurkic's as well. So I guess, man, but it's like, I'll throw out, it's like everyone's been talking about uh, Kendrick Williams is like the new hot name in every single trade scenario, but I'll, I'll Muscala from OKC makes more sense to me than, than some of these guys too. And maybe comes at a lower price point. The, the number is low as far as what his cap hit is. You could almost do it if Bruce wanted to go there on a one-for-one, one, and he actually has a perimeter shot. But it, And it doesn't mean that all these things fit perfectly. And the last piece, I think to your point, is like if you send out Claxton but you bring back any of these guys, you still create a little bit of congestion. And I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of these teams would say, well, why don't you give us Dayron Sharp in this deal, right? Like we don't need Nick Claxton. We'll take Dayron because he looks like he's a big body that we could use in some things. And then the Nets start doing the weird calculations of short-term success versus long-term opportunities, whatever. I, they, they probably check the box on a lot of these things, but if I'm making a move for a big, I like Nurkic, but if I'm making a move for a big, it has to be a guy that either is high-functioning in pick-and-roll and get to the basket and do a lot of rebounding or has some of that perimeter game that he can you know, help with the spacing. Last point on Nurkic, though, is he is an underrated passer, which I think is probably something that you would like in his role playing him and LaMarcus Aldridge kind of one, two, and then Dayron would effectively get buried, I think. All right. We're going to talk about that. Oh, one more thing about Nurkic. I, 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 sometimes I put, if I'm sending out like meaningful pieces at this point, and that's don't have tons of these to be honest with you, but the, I'm, I'm, I probably want a guy that I can at least picture maybe probably closing at least one or two kinds of series in the playoffs. Right. Mm. <laughs> like, and I think there's a world where Nurkic lives in that world, you know, especially against some of these bigger bodies, like the Embiid's. Yeah, you love that um, there. Yeah. yeah. But um, I just think I think most trades at this point need to go run through that framework. All right. Let me uh, let me yeah. let me hit up. Uh, we got a couple more questions here we wanted to get to. First, got to talk to you about Bill Bar. It's a new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. I'm trying to stick to mine. It's not easy. We're all the way almost through January right now. Went through ebbs and flows, the New Year's resolutions. But Bill Bar makes it easy for you. It's the protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. You're going to think it's one of those too good to be true kind of scenarios. In some ways it is. It's 100% covered in chocolate. The flavors are out of this world. Peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, mint brownie, coconut almond. They sound like ice cream flavors, but they're actually protein bars that are really good for you because let's give you the stats, the analytics. We love to hear that. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Now you're cooking. If you're a huge fan of of working out, 
can at least eat something that tastes good while you're there on the way back. Uh, kind of fill in for a meal as well. Built Bar's got you covered there. You go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 that's to get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Last piece, just before we do get into uh, the upcoming trip record that was thrown out to us uh, by Lou or on YouTube, just uh, on the on the Nurkic piece, do you, do you think because he's on the last year of his contract, is the cost from a draft pick standpoint not as difficult for the Nets to negotiate? Because I think that's the other piece of it, right? They only have four yeah, draft yeah. picks. Maybe it doesn't take that much to move that needle, and that's the world where the one-year rental at $12 million makes all the sense in the world for the Nets. You know, and, I, and, I, and I probably would do it. I would do it for the sake of like, hey, it gives us something more and makes us a little bit more dangerous specifically in these playoff matchups, and it doesn't cost as, a, as much in a draft standpoint where we said the Nets are really good at, at locating and assessing talent. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a total rental. And that's why the cost yeah. is not going to be as high like right. on, on guys like him, guys like Covington, because – um, they're just they're just expiring contracts. Like they're yeah. out the door next year. You're not you don't owe them anything else. So you're not going to get huge you know assets back. But it, frankly, the the problem with this is it because of that it like puts a lot more teams in play for them, right? Like it, because like the, <laughs> right. because anything just because here's the other to know. There's way fewer sellers than there are buyers this year on the trade market. There are very few sellers. Just right. the, by the way, the the trade uh, excuse me the playing game screws this whole thing up. Um, and it just makes it so the teams have different – the incentives are totally different now. So right. teams that would have probably been hardcore sellers in the past are now like you know, standing pat slash need to get bowled over by a deal. Like honestly, even Portland's kind of like this. I know we have one more question. Portland's <laughs> no, kind of like this. Say... Like, they stink. They stink. They're, 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 eight games under, they're eight games under 500. <laughs> but right now, they're, right now they're in the playing game. You know, kind of tread, and and the only the Pelicans are really threatening because the you know Spurs and Kings like are kind of going the wrong direction too. So yeah. there's no world like where these team in the past would ever be even considering keeping any of these guys, but because the the playing game just kind of you know rebalances the ledger on a lot of this stuff. All right, so we'll we'll keep our eye on it. Who knows, man? Maybe something like this will start to bubble up as we head towards that deadline. The last one was the upcoming road trip record, Lou over on YouTube, and just concerns. Obviously, we said it, right? Two and two before they got back home. Now they lose back-to-back against the Lakers and then uh, last night. So it, what, are we, <laughs> what are we staring down the barrel here over the next five games for Brooklyn? Oh, so, okay. So I talked a little bit about this yesterday. Um, they have five games here on the road. It's a very tough stretch. Maybe their toughest of the season. Golden State, um, uh, these are all on the road. So it's Golden State, Phoenix, Sacramento. That one's not tough. Uh, Utah and Denver. That is a very difficult stretch. And by the way, some people are ringing in on YouTube, like saying that Denver's not a good team. Can we stop with this, please? Like mm-hmm. I, like multiple people said this, they're 26 and 21. This is with a lot of injuries this year. And they got, crushed by covid um yeah. earlier i know a lot of teams did but like they got particularly hard hit and i know they're without jamal murray they have a positive win differential they have like a top mvp candidate can we stop with the denver's not a good team i i, I cannot I, i'm not gonna call people out by name because there's more than a few that came out with this yeah. i was like what are you talking about anyway um oh oh an mvp candidate makes you a quality uh, you know opponent or oh, whatever doug i would say yeah. it makes you better than average <laughs> like let's say like, like, let's right. say it that way like they're be- they're yep. better than average when you have a top you know three mvp candidate on the se- on the season in Jokic. okay right. predictions for this uh i'm all fired up now 
Um, I like okay, it. predictions for this road trip. I think this is they could be staring down the barrel at one and four here. I, I get they get Kyrie here. Um, and that, thank goodness it's the only reason it's not looking like a definite one and four <laughs> to me. Um, but it's just the, the quality of this opponent is very tough. They catch a little bit of a break that Draymond is still hurt for Golden State, so that like they're looking and Steph is going through like an all time shooting slump for himself right now. Like he's in a he's been it's been really tough for him lately. Think, and Clay Clay has come back and not shot well either. Um I want to be positive about this because they really need the wins. Yeah. But I'm gonna go I'm just gonna I'm gonna say they beat Sacramento and then I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they pull one of these other close games out. Like maybe Mitchell's still banged up or whatever for for Utah. Um, and I'll say two and three, and that still doesn't like warm my heart around <laughs> my great feelings about the record leaving this. So, and this is what we, we look, you know, is that, well, where do you land on this? Because that's kind of where I land right now. No, about listen about the same. I, you know, it's again because I do think Denver is a good team. I think that the you know people commenting to the contrary might want to just double check the stats on those. That the way that they performed last night, in spite of it being a loss, does lift you a little bit in this sense of hey. Uh, it's up and down, it's bumpy, but you don't have Kyrie or Harden and, and you still really show the ability to hang with a quality team like that. So it means when you go on these road games, listen, you're only a nice little hot streak or Kyrie and Harden getting on the same page and really catching fire in a game together of knocking off one of these teams. I think two and three is totally fine to, you know, to say that's what we want to do because you're again, there's a winnable game and then you want to try to kind of pull one out. You're going to be uh, underdogs in all those other matchups. And this is why we said, when you look at the Eastern Conference and you think about just where they are, again, the old 0% chance being further from it, I'm not concerned about missing it, but the Celtics are winning seven of their last 10 games and they are currently four games back, four and a half games back for the Nets. It's a slippery slope. Every time you lose two in a row and, and another team in the East wins, they catch up with you. They're saving graces that the Raptors and the Wizards have been struggling a little bit. But um, it's going to be a rough road trip. You get through it. Two and three, I think, would be good and good enough. And it kind of goes back to my idea of can you trend around 500? A big hump of that was getting through this overall 10-game, mostly difficult stretch for them before they get some soft landing spots. Uh, by, by the way, I know we said, like, the Wizards stumbled. I mean, that's, like, counteracted by the Hawks are starting to figure it out here. Like, they're getting healthy, uh, yeah, of course. And, and they've won five in a row, and they're probably pretty close to leapfrogging Washington here, and that's, like, just the wrong team to leapfrog because they have real horses, and, yep. like, there's um, – we and this is what we, we talked about this weeks ago. Like, we knew we saw this happening. We're like, look down the bottom of the standings. Like, the Hawks, are they going to be – playing for lottery this year no chance and yeah. so like there's and they're starting to turn it around now and like so yes washington's on its way down but they're gonna get they're, they're gonna add a much better team in their spot in short order here um so yeah this is a concern so i think we say both say two and three and by the way if they lose to sacramento much i won't be able to do the podcast the next day uh, sacramento is so bad like yeah. they just got they lost by like 50 to the celtics there today they got crushed by the hawks yesterday i mean it's looking like they I can't imagine they don't get crushed by the Sixers here uh, on Friday. So anyway, um, don't you know, check, do a wellness check if they lose to the Sacramento. <laughs> on, uh... <laughs> Luckily, I have all of Doug's personal contact information. I will send someone by the house. Send safe. someone by. Send someone by the house to make sure we're okay. <laughs> all right, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, cool Friday mailbag. Thanks for everyone for sending in the stuff. Go over to YouTube and leave a comment. Uh, in the comment section, uh, put the link in the show notes. Up and over 900 subscribers on YouTube, pressing toward 1,000. Really appreciate all the love we're getting over there. Like and subscribe to the Locked On Nets over on YouTube. 
Listen, guys, road trips are difficult. Please have mercy. I've been wearing the same underwear since Tuesday. Neil Page from Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again Monday talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.